Here on the Heat Ratio Sports Podcast, I'm your host Tony Gatillo, joined by John Coker and Coach Dave Dixon. And this week, we're going to get right off the bat. We got to find out what's going on with the Philadelphia Phillies. I'm not even going to get any talk about you know what the show is going to be or what we got in store because I'm very frustrated, very frustrated. What's going on with our Philadelphia Phillies? Because I thought we were going to have a rejuvenation this year. I thought it was going to be a time where it was happy to go to Citizens Bank Park and it's half empty. Uh, you know, people are not happy. And, and if I have to see a lineup of Jason Knapp and Sean Rodriguez, once again, I think I'm just going to put my head in a pile of sand because you might as well just bag up and give up the season. So, hey, Dave, I'm going to ask you because you're the baseball guy, but did we overrate this team in the offseason? You know, did we get overly excited? Did, did we put too much stock into this lineup? And what is going on? Because I know we're going to talk about pitching in a minute, but I think personally – the problem is we're just not hitting the ball. Well, I mean, how, how can you overlook injuries? Uh, McCutcheon being out of the That's huge. That's is, huge. You know, we're, we're not hitting the ball. He he set the table for a lot of things. He was the leadoff guy that we expected him to be. He was doing excellent. I think he was number one. Before his injury, his on-base percentage was number one in the NL. Um, now, John's might look that up and say I'm wrong, but I, I think that he, he led the NL in, on base percentage, and losing him is a big problem. Um, we talked prior to the season about, my opinion was him leading off, and yes. he, it's hard to find good leadoff guys. You, you nailed that, by the way, remember? Uh, I, lucky guess, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, honestly. He's too modest, lucky guess. But, but I just see it that being around baseball, watching it for a long time, you, you know this leadoff guys that do a great job. You know, if, in Philly's history, Lenny Dykstra was that guy for us for a long time, and then we were spoiled with Jimmy Rollins. Although Jimmy had his deficiencies, he was a great leadoff guy for yeah. a lot of reasons. A lot of people didn't like him in the leadoff spot. No, because... And, Remember, and, we kept trying to get him away from the leadoff spot. I, I, I personally thought he was a really good leadoff hitter. Yeah. But people say he didn't hit enough. He didn't take enough pitches. He didn't well, that, walk that enough, was right? It, the, the take, he didn't, ta- he didn't yep. see the ball enough. He didn't take enough pitches, but... Here's the thing. You want your leadoff guy to be confident and that he can hit his pitch. And if he likes that pitch, then he has to go after it. Be aggressive, right? And that's yeah. what Jimmy was. McCutcheon had that similar approach. And so now that on top of the alarming arm injuries that I've never seen as a, as a baseball fan of the Phillies for my whole life, I've never witnessed that um, the amount of injuries that we have on this team. And that is something that, to me, goes back to Kapler. Why? Well, because it's your program. Right. So you establish how many times these guys throw, right? And here we go. And here's here, okay. listen to me for one second. All right. Your analytical – views on how many times I'm going to take this reliever out. He uses he uses a ton of pitchers. We're, we are only 70 games in, right? But he uses so, a ton of these guys. Okay, so what about David Robertson? He pitched for like two games and got hurt. Is that game's fault? The I'm way he manages his arm? That's a great question. Right? No, I'm going to say... Tommy I, Hunter? Yeah, Tom, what about Tommy Hunter? Is it Pat Nishak? You're you're saying these guys have been overused, basically. Essentially, you're saying it's the analyst, the way he's using these guys. Yeah. I, I'm combating and saying that, dude, because some of these guys haven't really even pitched that many games. Yeah, but it's the amount of times they're out during the day. Oh, that, that, you, you're talking week. bullpen sessions. Well, I'm talking everything, all part of his program. His his amount of throws. I've I've never seen this, and I want to. I would love to have the data on the rest of the MLB about how many times. Our relievers are used comparable to the rest of the MLB because these injuries, like I said, I, I don't I don't understand it. I don't understand now. If you told me it was more starters that were getting hurt, then you'd be like, okay, they're throwing ninety five pitches um, every five days. You know the stress is there. These guys are pitching twenty twenty five pitches, but my thing is that they're using them his up and downs in the bullpen. What they're doing to train for 
throwing during the week, there's something that's got to be questioned, in my opinion. And that goes back to the guy that's running the program. I don't know, man. I I, I, I don't see what Gabe could do right now with, with the arms he has. Whether I know you're talking about injuries, but let's just talk about the guys that the Phillies brought in, right? Alvarez stinks, right? How many times Ramos stinks? When, when, when is the last time the Philadelphia Phillies have ever had a homegrown reliever to pitch well besides maybe Ryan Madsen? I guess was probably that's the, a that's a home run, there. right? That's, that's, that's probably it. the best one we've had. And think about it, his longevity for us, a couple years, yeah. So I mean, again, well, how come I can turn on the, the TV and I and I hate the Mets and all because I hate the Mets, but how come I can watch the Mets? I can watch the Braves and they pulled her fifth inning guy, or sixth inning guy, seventh inning guy, and these guys are guys from the minors that come up and contribute right away. Our guys blow. Why is that? I, I we always to have Yankees. to trade for guys. I, I compare them to the Yankees. And, Tony, this is what I'm going to tell you, that the people that know more than me that I trust that, that are baseball uh, lifers. Well, tell, if they know more than you, they know a lot more than me. Well, <laughs> here's, this, these are guys <laughs> when that When it comes to baseball, I go going to lie. I, I, I trust a, a valued friend of mine, Frankie DeSembrino. Shout out to Frankie. who The runs, Fox Chase guy? He is a Fox Chase uh, guy. Fo- oh, you hear that, Sean? Fox Chase guys. <laughs> so... Frankie tells me about the Yankees system comparable to the Phillies. He was friends with uh, Jesse Biddle. You remember Jesse? Oh, yeah. I remember right? Jesse. Jesse Jesse's grew up with Frank, and Frank helped him out with a lot of things and said that the Phillies' offseason programming for the pitchers is really non-existent, unlike the New York Yankees. The New York Yankees have a throwing program okay. and that, that they, are, they established and that they – you have to abide by their program. According to Frank, some of the things that he's heard is that the Phillies aren't really that strict with their pitchers and their off-season programming. So That's a problem. Well, it's obvious that it's, it's a problem it's because, a problem. like you said, how come these other organizations are capable of home-growing pitching and we have to outsource it all the time? Not all the time. We're always seem to be in the market for a reliever. Mitch Williams. All the time. Brad Lidge. Where where, where, do, where do we have our guy, like you said, like Ryan Matson? We come up with Ryan Matson one every 20 years, and we only have him for three. Dude, you could go back to the 93 team. You talk about Mitch. That's right. All those relievers, except for Larry Anderson, were probably th- – was Larry Anderson homegrown? Larry Anderson, I think, in the beginning of his career was a Philly right. when in the, in the 80, around the 80s time. So – but when uh, you think about that '93 team, guys like David West, yeah, he right, he played Pittsburgh, a role. Pittsburgh Pirates, right? David West, right? You're taught Roger McDowell, yeah, long time New York Met, yeah, right. We always had to bring these guys in because we didn't have any arms. Yeah. Still, so this is part of the deficiency in the program. Now, if you're the head guy, if you're the head coach, you're going to bring in your program. That's your detail. So. You have all these injuries. You have these guys that aren't able to produce. It's your pro. It's on you. Yeah. But part of it also has to question with the with the entire organization, in my opinion, too. So oh, I and some of it is the mentality, almost Dave. What you're getting at the the mentality of the organization. You look at these teams with the homegrown relievers. You got the the. Pittsburgh Pirates. You know what I mean? Okay, I uh, know, but I'm saying no, they no, stink I, every year. They play small ball. You got the Oakland Athletics, all these teams, the Billy Royals, Bean, baby. The, you got all these teams that they need to rely on these guys because they're not spending money and, you know, to, to run the team. So that really has to be their bread and butter. Now, how they select talent better than others, I don't know, but they got to be putting a heck of a lot more effort than just going and blowing money because that's not on the table for these yeah, guys. But you go to the Yankees organization. We look, if we looked up their pitching staff right now, I would guarantee you that 50% of them are homegrown. Zach Britton, Autumn Adovino are like two of their like seven, you know, late inning guys. Britton was a big free agent signing. Yeah, you're not, I know you're not. I mean, Patances, I don't know if he, he may have been. I don't know about Chap, not Chapman was. Chapman's not. So, I don't know. Those are the big four they got at the end. And I'm just I mean, point taken, you got to look at it over a longer period of time because mm-hmm. they did just get Britain and Ottavino this offseason. But I want to go back to the bats because yeah. I want to know why. 
I mean, I, I understand the bullpen's a problem. Listen, I get it. And and and, and before we get all, to the bats, the starting pitch is a problem. Let's yeah. not forget that, right? Yeah. We got a guy in Arietta who wants to run his mouth and doesn't want the ball. We got a guy in Nola who's a, a shell of himself, regardless of what his record says, right? And actually, your best best pitcher probably could make a case to say Zach Eflin. How about that? Right? Yeah. So, I mean, at the end of the day. So bring up the Arietta thing. Let, let's, well, it, it, delve into that a little that's bit. Just that's just a rumor. That's just a rumor because obviously he was supposed to pitch. On you know on the they call it the rubber match right against Atlanta, uh, and I'm hearing he just w- wanted to you know skip a start maybe he didn't think it was the good con- right conditions for him you know and this is this isn't the first time we've heard this from Jake mm. uh, this is the first time we heard this from a pitcher we've heard this from Pat Nishak as well mm. Pat Nishak is going out there and warmed up and you know they give him a little call to the pen and he go ah, you know what the lats bother me mm-hmm. I don't really want to pitch today. So, I mean, you know, so obviously, you know, I understand that they're veterans and, and you, you do mainly side with veterans. And, you know, what what do you do if Pat Neshack? I mean, it's a union aspect, too. You're a union shop. I, I've worked in a union shop. So a union aspect, too, the guy says he's hurt. Coach throws him out there. Hmm. God forbid he gets blown up, mm-hmm. right? What's going to say? Yo, I told Coach I was hurt. Yeah. Right? Now, we're, you know, so it's a fine line. So, listen, J- Jake's disappointed me. Yeah. You know, because he was supposed to be, you know, the veteran leader on the mound. He was brought here not to win games primarily, but to mentor this young pitching staff, yeah. right? And he hasn't really done it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm a little disappointed. So, I know you wanted to get into the hitting. No, no, but I, I, but, but I look at the hitting because, you know, we, we, we were spoiled for, what, a month, two weeks, yeah. right? We're like, oh, this lineup is unstoppable, right? But then everybody just went cold at the same time. Yeah. So – you know, obviously, Mike Michael Franco stinks, right? He he gave you what he had. That's it. He, you know what I mean? For for lack of a better term, he blew his load in a week and he's done, yeah. right? He can't do anything, right? So a name we, we talked about in the offseason, you know, maybe they bring a guy in like Mike Moustakas, right? Mm. They didn't do it, right? So they stuck with Mikey Franco, biting him in the ass. You know, maybe, hey, everybody likes Nappy. That's what Gabe calls him, Nappy. I can't yeah. stand Jason Nap. I think he's a stiff. So... Oh, everybody likes him. Well, he can't. He's hitting 182. That's yeah. that's wonderful. That's what I want to see. Throw him in the lineup, right? So, again, another guy who they misjudged. Listen, Segura is batting under 280. He's a lifetime 301 hitter. There isn't, there, there's something going on. Yeah. You know, Cesar Hernandez, here's a problem, too. McCutcheon injury was huge. Huge. And, right, huge. You know, C- Cesar, Cesar Hernandez gets put in the leadoff role. You know what he's batting? No, it was when I'm he not took sure. over. He was five for fifty with an OPS of .243. Okay, that's not cutting it. That's not getting it done as a leadoff hitter, right? And the other guy that you would hope could be the leadoff hitter, Roman Quinn, is probably made of Lennox Glass because every time he gets on the field, he gets hurt. Right. So you, Matt Clintac, to me, has an issue here. Yeah. But the problem is, you gave up your first, your your number one farm prospect for JT Romuto. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest with you, if you look at Romuto's stats, what I mean, he's basically on par to do what he's done in his career. Mm-hmm. But when we got him, what do we think? Right away, we're like, oh, in this band box, he's going to hit 30 home runs. We, yeah. we we all bumped him up plus 10, right? Yeah. It looks like it's not happening. Yeah. You know, Bryce Harper, everybody's getting crazy. You know, oh, he's not worth the 330 million. Listen, this is typical Bryce Harper. He's still going to end with 35 home runs, knocking 110, and bat 250. That's what he does. But he's very streaky. Reese Hoskins is another guy. I mean, he is essentially on pace to do exactly what he's done every year. So that's what I'm asking. Did we overrate this Phillies team? I don't think so. You don't I, think so? No, I, I don't think so. I, I think that. Because of this injury and because the the life of a baseball season, I mean, you're two and a half games, I think, currently out of first place. Um, and we're in, we're in the middle of June. And the baseball season is full of ups and downs. And we are obviously on the downside of, of what we've seen so far, right? So True. I think you have you have a glaring hole in that leadoff, and we need to find via either trade or somebody magically appears and can do that, which I don't foresee unless it's unless it's Kingery. Well, here's the thing: I Kingery's 
probably saved their season, I would think, in the past couple weeks. But you're going to get to a point where you may be forcing Kingery to do something he's not. Like, they, you know, the other night they put him in a three-hole. You're forcing – he's not a three-hole hitter. Now you're getting spoiled, right? Leave him go where he's at and let him continue to flourish, right? The problem is you're, you're, you're getting in his head now. So if he goes back three-hole, he gets a different pitch sequence, right? Mm-hmm. He goes 0 for 4 and strikes out four times. Not a mental aspect. You're, you're, you're killing his mojo, man. Yeah. So, I, you know, you got to be careful what you wish for there. I, I'm not I'm not wishing for no not him you yet. I'm not, not wishing you. for but he, you're if if you don't if you don't go get something like one hole hitters don't don't fall off trees no that's a that's a specific mindset yes. that, that and this is why I said about McCutcheon doing it and you know he can do it and you know if you don't go out and get that specific need you're going to have to fill that void and Caesar that's why we've seen Caesar there and and he's not really no, he's not really a leadoff guy. He's not a leadoff guy. Yeah, uh, you're, you're laughing. Your original question was: Did we overrate? Did we overrate them? Yes, Philadelphia did, but I don't think outside of Philly did. That's a good. That's a good answer. So I like that, that. that's my opinion. Okay. It was. I like. Oh, that. we got Harper. We have nothing to worry about. Think back two months ago. To me, it's still the same thing. Look. Dave said it. You got ups and downs through a season. You're not going to go through an entire. You know, uh, there are a few teams. It could Dodgers. I mean, there's there's steamrolling. You always have one or two. Absolutely. But that doesn't mean that's no guarantee that they're going to win the whole thing. They're rolling right now. You're going to hit adversity, and you're going to hit it more than once. You're going to have another month that where you're not going to hit or you're not going to pitch. All right. To me, the issue is still the pitching. Yes, a leadoff hitter would help. But you, they're not hitting home runs. They're in the bottom of home runs. Yes. You know what I mean? They're towards the bottom and batting it's average. Bottom and everything. Bottom dude. third. But, but, you know, like I mean, you said. Segura, but they're in second place. Segura is going to hit. He always hits. He's going to hit. All right? Look, Franco is dead weight. You have those holes that need to be filled, okay, with, with players and, you know, it hasn't been there yet. That's not to say that it's not going to come. That's not to say that you don't get someone in a trade. But I think just naturally, once these guys get on base, once some of these guys get a little more power stroke, I mean, you're talking if you if if the top two guys hit eight points better, eight points better, and then you got a couple home runs behind them with with Reese, Kingery, Harper. All right, now you're ta- now you're winning ball games. Now you're scoring runs, and you're kind of back to square one. So well, who's closing those games out? Well, right. <laughs> but, well, and, and to me, it still comes back to pitching. I mean, yeah, there have been a rash of you know injuries to the relief pitching, but there's still been no consistency in the starters. No, not at all. Not I mean, at all. I, I think Arietta is held in too high of a standard yes. for what he did three, three years yep, ago with yes. the Cubs. 2015. We keep I talking mean, about 2015. Yeah, there's guys that have career magical years, and it doesn't necessarily repeat. And I think what – you had last year, which was about a three nine four ERA, something right. like that. That's about the guy he is. He's right. you know. Uh, well, that's why I was saying and, he and, was and more and of a remember, mentor. He's supposed and, to be your mentor. Yeah, but also remember, to, remember the BS last year or in in the midsummer, wasn't he? He who did he call out? Did he call out Gabe Kapler? Or right. There was that big to do. Nah, he called. And, and like I'm just saying, he's not. He ain't necessarily the guy that I would want to be the mentor because I don't know. I kind of feel like he got a. I don't know. He's not the he likes mentoring to wear, like, type. Le- leopard speedos when wow. he sweeps around. Actually, you know what? That would be a good match for you because uh, you know you say back in the day you used to clean up the frat, listen to Shania Twain. So you and Jake, <laughs> you and Jake, probably could hang out we sweeping hang. the floor together. Oh, that's fine. But but you know how would Josh Donaldson look? I know this is hindsight, right? I know this is hindsight twenty twenty. But you, know, you talk about for an extra six million dollars, you know, money's no object for the Phillies now, right? We could have had Josh Donaldson playing third base instead of Michael Franco. Yeah, I think he's sticking uh, it up, too. Who knows? Donaldson's playing pretty well, dude. Check his numbers out. Check his numbers out the last three weeks. So, if Gabe would call me up, this would be my lineup. <laughs> uh, Dave's, with yeah, wait. I, I Gabe's already, called Coach Dave. Uh, we, Gabe, there we go. If Gabe called me up, this is what I'd be. One through one through eight. I'd go Segura, Riamuto, Harper, Hoskins, Kingry, Bruce, Franco, Hernandez. Yeah, well, here's a problem. Bruce is hurt. Yeah, it's just for now. Right, for now, but I'm just saying, and you know, if if I will say something the other night against in the Braves game, that Brian McCann game winning hit, mm. maybe if you had a defensive substitution out there, they make that play. 
Yeah, probably. All right, Jay so. Bruce needs to catch that ball. Yes. Okay, so I, I, I'm not giving any mulligans here for for the bullpen that stinks that gave that game up, but got to make that play. That's yes. just my opinion. But talk about, you know, here the name we just talked about starting pitching for the Phillies. We just talked about inconsistencies. One name that we heard last year and in the offseason was Charlie Morton. And we said, man, you know, Phillies really like Charlie Morton. They really like Charlie Morton. Well, they didn't go after starting pitching. I don't know why, but they didn't. Charlie Morton goes to Tampa Bay Rays. And right now he's having a Cy Young award winning year at 35 years old. Okay, 8-1, 2.37 ERA. I mean, this guy is mowing them down. And Tampa Bay's only game and a half of the New York Bombers, who, by the way, lead the league, uh, lead the league in home runs and just pick up Edwin Encarnacion. Okay, another bomber from Seattle. So, you know, it kills me that why couldn't we have got Encarnacion? Probably because he's only at the age, right? Probably, right? At the stage of his career, like, where would he play here? So, okay, forget that. But I, I think more of the fact that, you know, I see these moves being made. And, you know, listen, they didn't give up anything for Encarnacion. They gave up, like, a SEPTA bus driver for him. I mean, it's not a big deal. So, I mean, we could probably make those trades as well. So, uh, Matt's going to have to work some magic. And, you know, I don't know what he can give up or what he can't give up because, obviously, you know, you don't want to get. Maybe he could send it out that overrated Mickey Moniac to somebody. He could buy that guy up because he's another wasted draft pick. Let's go raid Seattle's roster. Well, they seem like the New Marlins. They're just giving people away. Kyle Seager. They'll I get, like Kyle Seager. Him. I like Kyle Seager. I'd rather see that than Donaldson. His brother. You don't need good. another. You don't need another guy to go on a one or two week hot streak and then bat two o three for a month. Like we we just talked about the ups and downs. I know. Then you have all those guys batting two hundred for a month and you stink. I'd rather get a guy that, where there's more consistency. You count on him. I, I can't count on Josh Donaldson. Yeah, I just want to be excited to watch a baseball again. And I thought I was going to get that this year, and I'm bored. That's my problem. No, I'm bored. That is your problem. That is my problem. You got, Charlie, Bri- you got Bryce Harper and, and Real Muto and all Bryce these guys, Harper, and oh, you're worried about it. Charlie Morton, interesting yeah. thing, 2016, yeah. was a Philly. Yeah. Yeah. Four, four you don't remember that? I do now. I as do I'm re- now. As I'm reading I do it, now. As I'm reading it. And then he played 25 games for Houston in 2017. Is that when they won the World Series? Or was it, yeah, it wasn't 2018, was it? Correct. Not yeah. 2017. And then <clears throat> he's got 15 games for uh, Tampa Bay Rays in the 8 and 1, like Dave's, you said. Dave's an on the fly baseball reference.com over there. You know it's, what I mean? It's, yeah. <laughs> so, Charlie, you talk about Charlie Morton. <laughs> oh, my On his phone. razor. So what about <laughs> Keuchel? Like why? Why? And how come you didn't go get that? Ah, uh, probably. Who knows, man? I mean, they, they, they want to pay the price. Them, why? But what? Here's the to add on to what you're saying. What's your reasoning? Why? Not your reasoning, but what's the Phillies' reasoning? Why you didn't go get a start in pitching? Listen, I honestly think that no matter what anybody says, I know the Phillies were. You know, we, we'll always remember the, the synonymous phrase of stupid money, right? We'll always remember that. I still think, even though they have tons of money, I still don't think they're willing to spend it all. I don't. I think they thought, listen, we're going to go out and we're going to trade for JT and we're going to sign Bryce and we're done. You know, we trade for score. We, we were, yeah, listen, ESPN was telling, we had the best all season of any team in Major League Baseball. It wasn't just locally, it was nationally, right? It was like Johnson. So everybody was buying in. Right, so now they're thinking, yeah, we're good, but wait, we, now we got to spend more money. I mean, it just goes to show you. Look what they did with the Jay Bruce trade, right? Jay Bruce owed a lot of money. They only made that trade because Seattle's paying ninety five percent of it. So if they they would have never done that, even though they knew they needed a bat, right? So I just don't think they're really willing to spend what people really think they are going to spend. So I, I agree with that. I think that's been part of their. It's MO been their MO. For, for, yes, it for, has. Forever. Yes, it has. So, you know, you, you, you're not going to be the Red Sox and the Yankees, but you'll be like that that mm-hmm. middling team right underneath. Just, we're going to get close, yeah. but we're never going to be. They don't want to be the number one spending team in baseball. I guarantee you that. Yeah. It's not going to happen. But sticking with baseball, I want to talk about a little fun segment here because we're already like 25 minutes in talking about the Phillies, so, which is fine. With baseball, it's a big deal right now, right? But – I want to talk about car collecting and sports memorabilia real fast because, uh, you know, I follow a lot of uh, at low end cards is one of them. A lot of people on my Twitter account. And, you know, I like when they post 
rookie cards of that nature, and it brings me back to my childhood because as even now I'm into it. It's just become so expensive compared to what it used to be back in the day. Uh, but I love seeing the old-time baseball cards. I don't know if were you guys both car collectors. I was a huge car collector since I was about five. Yeah. I, honestly, when I say five, I, I mean, I the, the, the post-Drake, the Tasty K cards, right? I mean, they were huge. I couldn't wait. The bazooka cards, you know, with the gum in it. You know, yep. Oh, dude, it was great. So, those, those were the best uh, cards to get. You could find the... 1990 tops card you get 15 of them no to find in those other ones like oh dude i never seen that card I that, know. you know what i mean i know that's those were the ones i like i was a huge you know, remember when remember when tops and we get to some specific cards because we had some people uh tweet into us about you know cards that they you know they're they're special cards uh that they remember growing up but remember when tops it might have been 90 maybe 92 they had the gold series. They came out with the gold series. You remember that? No. Where yeah, Tops had the original set. Then they had Tops Gold. So oh, every okay. yeah, every so. card, yeah, yeah. the label was, was dipped in, in uh, eighteen or twenty four karat gold or something. And uh, I'll never forget. Uh, God rest his soul. I know he's not alive right now, but I'm a Northeast guy. There's a guy named Chicky. That was his name, and he had and he had out in the Northeast. He had a garage, and he made it into a card shop. And Chicky ran an auction every week. It was awesome. Dude, I could not wait to get my allowance, go on a Friday to Chicky, give him five bucks. And for five hours, you got five pools. And what he would do is he would donate the whole set. Everybody was in there. Bonds, McGuire, Griffey, everybody was in there. And what he would do is he would have the the numbers on tickets from, from number one to like seven ninety five in a set. And you would give him five bucks, he would give you five pools, you pick it out, and whatever number you would get, it was dude, it was suspense. Number 392, he would go to the set, pull out number 392. You would see it, whether it was a common or whether it was a, a superstar rookie car. Oh, dude, it was phenomenal. I'll never forget that, man. That was one of my, 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 my biggest, you know, infatuations back when I was growing up. And I could not wait to get the chickies to get my auction on, to get my Topps Gold card. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Idea. Yeah, it was pretty neat, man. And, and it brought everybody in because, I mean, you flow in there, you're getting that. And now he's got all the wax packs up. You know, and you're like, man, all right, what else can I get now? You know what I mean? You're, you're, you're into it. You're into it. But I'll never forget, which is where I ask you guys, too, as well. We'll, we'll, we'll get to some of the, the, the followers, or, or, you know, the cards that they brought up. But my favorite car collecting moment, my favorite pull, I'll say, because I asked this on Twitter, what was your favorite pull ever or favorite car? So I remember it was 1992 Donruss. And I remember this guy, old guy Bruce, ran a pharmacy. And in the back of his pharmacy, he had some wax packs boxes, and they were 50 cents at that time. And he would sell the, the packs for three for a dollar. Donruss was, they were, they were so mass populated that they weren't really worth a lot of money. Weren't but, they n- n- new too? Like Donruss, or we call, I called them Donruss. Don, they, they weren't. Well, yeah, I think the first year was '87. Okay, they they, they came out, yeah. and then they then they came out with the Leaf series too, which was mm-hmm. was Donner's as well. So I'll never forget it. They had this one series, it was the Elite series. So there was ten cards, Donner's Elite, and the dude, the odds were like one and like a million. Like you get these one three hundred eighty thousand. Like it was crazy for fifty cents, and the lowest card was like. $350, and back then in 92, $350 was a lot of money for a card. So I remember I'd go in there, man, same thing. Go, yeah, Bruce, and Bruce would buy cards, too. So I'd go in there with a bunch of cards. Hey, Bruce, what do you want for these? And he was probably sticking it up my ass the whole time, right? I didn't know, right? So I'm giving him all kinds of cards. He's giving me like 10 bucks. So I'm like, all right, what can I buy? So I buy all these Donner's packs. Dude, I open it up, and I pull a Barry Bonds Elite, dude, right? 24 karat gold elite card and i'm like oh my god i dude i was running home i put he, he put it in the sleeve for me mm-hmm. i was so excited and then i went to uh i went to a card show i'd be mean, a card dealer and you remember the devon theater yeah right next to the devon uh his name was lou lou's cards i went to lou and i said hey lou what can you give me for this no he said to me $35. I said, I'll take it. Yeah, damn right. <laughs> so I took, I sold my, my, my biggest pull was a 92 Donner's Elite 
Barry Bonds. It was worth three fifty, and he only gave me ten percent. I took thirty five dollars for it. Yeah, that's funny. So what? What about you? You you a big car? You say you were a hockey guy, hockey yeah. car guy. Well, yeah, uh, we had a card shop in our area, and hockey for me. It was when the Flyers had, like, Dave Pullen and Hextall was a rookie. Dave Pullen. Um, I had Hextall's rookie card, and, and then a couple of years after that, I continued to collect hockey cards. And one of my biggest pulls was uh, Wayne Gretzky holding up the L.A. Kings jersey. He was just traded from the yeah, Oilers. Yeah, I remember that card. And I, 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 still have, I still have about three or four of them. Um, but my, I was into the hockey cards for whatever reason. Uh, well, the reason was because the Flyers were successful, and I loved Hextall, and we played street hockey every day. Always played street hockey. And uh, the hockey cards gave out cool things. They had the stickers of the logo of each team. Yes. So the, the holographic ones, right? It, these these ones were white. They were okay. white background with the with the logo in the middle. Okay. And so we had the hockey masks back then, and, and the stickers would go all over your hockey mask of every NHL team. So, I mean, that was the stuff I remember. And we used to ride our bikes on Rising Sun Avenue and go to the, and go to the card store. Yeah, always go to the card store. I would steal man. change from my brother Paul's <laughs> change jar because I didn't have any money. And he was always saying, you're stealing change. No, I'm not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was. I was what, going to get hockey cards. What was the top hockey card? The top producer, remember? Hockey card, yeah, well, the, the I, maker, I, the ma- no, not the card, the, the, the actual company. Remember OPC Premier? No, OPG, OPG. OPG was okay. OPG. Yeah, OPG was 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 prime, dude. Okay, you had an OPG card, man. It was like tops. It was you're like, dude, what is that? Give me an OPG. So I, was I had Premier. I had tops. These were all tops cards that I get. I didn't even know that they were no the, upper decks. Nope, dude. I remember I pulled a Pavel Bure. Like holograph from uh, Upper Decks, man. It was it was sweet looking. He, was he a Canuck? Vancouver. Vancouver. Yes, yeah. he was. Yep. Yes, he was. Okay. In the black and gold. Yeah, those yeah. ugly. Not the black and gold of the crappy Penguins, but for the Canucks. Okay. How about you, John? <laughs> uh, hockey, hockey. For me, it was always Upper Deck when Upper Deck first came out. So I'll I'll go from. Hockey, it was it was Yager's rookie card. Nice. You know what I mean? Yager, Lindros, Pavel Bure. Pavel. How about Timu Solani? The other one for hockey, you know, and when you said Opeachy, I don't know. I had some, like, Russian Opeachy cards. Yeah, yeah. So they had, like. They had the, the internet. Yeah. yeah, man. Which, yeah, which was tight. They were all in their, like, red and white Russian uniforms. Oh, yeah. They were playing in the NHL. So I had I had some of those. Baseball got to be Griffey Jr.'s rookie. Upper I, deck. I, I just post that on Twitter, dude. That eighty nine upper deck. Same thing. I, me and my buddy, get on our bikes. Yep. Well, Pittsburgh has much more hills than this. Area. Oh, I'm sure. So, dude, you're going down. Now you're pedaling up, <laughs> pedaling up. Finally, get to shopping center. That place been out of business for ages. But, dude, they always had the upper deck. Like they, it was one of the few places that had it. Like you would go to other places they wouldn't have the upper decks but they always had them upper i think deck. i think they were a dollar then went up to like a buck 25 then next thing you know it like skyrocketed oh yeah man upper deck was and and, and there was always like, i was really crazy and i still collect cards now uh but you know there are so many different ways to open packs people I I would get mad at my buddies and they would just destroy. I'm like, dude, you just destroyed every card to pack. Like, you, you know, you, very slow on the lip, bring it back. You got to take half of the pack open on one side. Very easy so you don't mess the corners up. Got You know, you can't touch the corners. I told all my kids, man, you got to hold them on the sides. Can't touch dude, the corners. I, I open it just like I open a candy bar. You know, what yes. I mean? you got to get yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Same thing. Exactly. <laughs> that's like that's just etiquette. Yes. I mean, that's, just, that's etiquette. What are we teaching our kids? Card etiquette. What are we like teaching? It. So, so we got some people chiming because I asked what you know, great pools years ago. Uh, our our boy knocking futs. Yeah, that they yeah, say that a couple times, right? Mm-hmm. At Eagles Inc. three eleven ninety Lee Frank Thomas. I remember that card. Mm-hmm. That was when Leaf came out. It was like the white border on the side. Frank Thomas as a as a Chicago White Sox. That was a really good card. Uh, boy Alex A Will seventy five checks in. He says he just names a number guys: Barkley, Irving, Gretzky, Lemieux, Ra, and Mark Messier rookie cards. Mark Messier, that's that right. that's a nice one right I there. Lo- he's a hockey guy too. Obviously, he's got yes. a couple of big names in there. Yes. Uh, our our boy follow Avid Lister as always. Trevor Harris, what's up, Trev? 
Jose Lima Houston Astros rookie card 99. Hmm. Man, that that's a different one. I wasn't expecting somebody to know Jose Lima. How yeah. about it? Right? But I remember, too, I remember getting a, when Eric Lindros mm-hmm. was, was traded. Uh, he had it was a, a score call. His rookie was score. Yeah. I think it was ninety score. And I remember going to uh, the Flyers workout, and I met him, and I got an autograph. It so I, I thought I was the the king, dude. I was like, I got an autograph. And then I come to find out, in theory, in memorabilia, you know, if you get an autograph on a rookie card, it kills the value. How about it? You got to get it on a common. Mm-hmm. You can't get. I didn't know that, mm-hmm. so I just destroyed my rookie card. But yeah. I didn't care, man. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't care. But I just, you know, the the card industry changed so much from when we were growing up to now. It's so expensive. I mean, you need a full time job just to be a card collector. But the type of cards have come out now with the jersey cards and the and the, you know they have the picture of the pig uh, piece of pigskin on there or hardball yeah. the autograph cards. I mean, it's just remember watching the shows. Did you ever watch the card shows on TV like late at night? Like it's like one o'clock in the morning, like the Home Shopping Network. They're like, "Yo, uh, listen, we're gonna throw in Billy <laughs> Owens promo card. Yeah. Can't get it anywhere, right?" Yes. Uh, Dude, I used to remember? watch that a lot. I no, didn't know I where did you were too. going at first, and no. I was like, "Yeah, Front this row. set has this rookie yeah. card. Uh, this you get them all." You know how many Sammy Sosa rookie cards I bought <laughs> off the Home Shopping Club Network oh, that are God. worthless right now? Yeah, That's yep. too funny. Yeah, so oh, dude, that, that was. That we'll was give the you best. three sets of 1990 yeah. tops. Yeah, well, hundred dollars, but they they're only a- worth five bucks <laughs> now. But they always threw in, like, a promo card. Yeah. It was like, yo, you can only get the special limited edition, one out of a thousand. You're like, yes, I got nine ninety nine. Like, you were, <laughs> thought you were good, and it's worth worthless, dude. Mm-hmm. Worthless. Funny. That's back in the day, man. Remember the, um before we get, we, we get to some NBA, remember the memorabilia books? This is something I have, too. They were called Legends Memorabilia. I remember them. Mm-hmm. So, Literally, like you would get it once a month, and it was it was they were expensive, like twenty bucks a magazine, and they had an uncut sheet of cards inside there that was actually uncut sheets were worth money back then, right? So, but the front of it was artwork. Like if you Google Legends memorabilia magazines each month, like I remember, I have like a Mickey Mantle one, Joe DiMaggio, Jordan. It was actual an artist that actually painted this picture that they glossed over uh, gorgeous gorgeous stuff and i think they were out for maybe like three to four years it's actually pretty cool i didn't know if you guys that's i'm, I'm a hardcore collector so i got game well, tickets there's memorabilia stores like i oh going to like the, uh, who goes to a mall anymore i don't know you go to but, the shows but the 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 memorabilia stores that they have all that's cool stuff in the one was um in our area, I think in Hatboro, they had... Uh, There's one on Connie Lime Road. Yeah, oh, that. that George's Collectibles? Yeah, that's Maybe. a good one. They have they have autograph signs there all the time. Really? Yeah, now you go to Chamonix Mall, uh, Dynasty Sports every month has autograph signings. Okay. And if you go twice a year to Valley Forge Convention Center, that's the big baseball card show. Uh, well, I should say sports cards. Uh, because now everything has to be graded, right? So you need to grade it. So that was my other thing, like... I got cards graded, but I would get them done at the show because you're literally giving them your card and you're coming back to get it. They want, you know, if not, you're going to send it through the mail. Could you imagine sending, like, a Joe DiMaggio card out through the mail? I'm not trusting that. No way. And who's to say it's going to be the same condition when they get it? Who's to say you're getting it back? Right. I mean, you know, so that, 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 you know, because now you're not selling a card really for face value unless you get it graded. Um, So, yeah, so, uh, listen, uh, I, I can talk about baseball cards. All day long. So keep them coming on Twitter at Heat Ratio Sports. I did change the handle up to uh, for the new brand. So at Heat Ratio Sports. Uh, also on Instagram. Keep them coming on Facebook. Uh, love to see what everybody's collecting nowadays. But we got to talk getting a little NBA because if, if, you, if you slept under a rock and you haven't been listening to the headlines, all of a sudden now LeBron's back on top. He's going to win the NBA championship because he got AD. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. So... At the end of the day, yeah, that's how enthused I am about that. Uh, my big thing is, listen, how is the domino effect going to happen now? How is it going to affect the Sixers? How is it going to affect guys like Kemba Walker? How is it going to affect like, like, even like Malcolm Brogdon? I mean, the domino effect from this KD injury that he's going to be out a year right now and the Clay Thompson ACL injury, you know, once the Lakers got in Anthony Davis right away, they boom. They're odds-on favorites just because of that. Uh, you know, I think 
The biggest deal to me is, I'm going to go on a little rant here, but I think it's just major disrespect to any duo that's played in the NBA in the last 20 years, okay? Especially Kobe and Shaq, and I don't like Kobe a bit. I respect his game, but I think he's a smug ass, and I don't like him, okay? But... At the end of the day, for ESPN and and all these high national outlets to start comparing AD and LeBron to Shaq and Kobe is a disrespect to any basketball fan that's watched the game for the last 20 years. I'm sorry. Right away, you trade for a guy, and I know Dave, you would say 26 and 11. I don't really care what this guy's stats are. Okay, this, this is a historic, historic teammate combination that right away you're telling me that they're, oh, this could be the best combo in NBA history. They haven't even dribbled a ball on a court yet. Okay, Shaq and Kobe won multiple championships together. Stop it. You know what I mean? Like, why do we do that? I don't understand. Why do we got to always compare to other people? Let it play out. If they win three, four championships, you know what? Hats off. I'll put them in the same token. But for you to post a picture of, you know, Shaq and Kobe next to LeBron and AD, dude, it just kills me. It kills me. I I, I want to unfollow anybody who even posts that. It really bothers me. I'm sweating. <laughs> I'm sorry. It just bothers me. Well, that's, it, that's part of what we do. Like, we're in our little show here. We, we make comparisons. LeBron James came out of high school. He was compared to Michael Jordan the next day. Yeah, I, I get that. Uh, but you're, you're talking I'm about greatest saying. duos. But but you didn't say greatest player in NBA history. I mean, people are actually saying, oh, this is the right already greatest duo in NBA history. Are you kidding me? Well, those people shouldn't breathe. Yeah, well, us. they're credentialed reporters too, okay? Yeah. Well, they shouldn't breathe the same air as we breathe. It's ridiculous. You're comparing AD to Shaquille O'Neal? No, I, there's in my opinion, there's only one other center in the NBA that I've seen play that is comparable to Shaquille O'Neal, and that's Akeem Olajuwon. That's a, and I say that in all due respect to Russell and, and Chamberlain, Will, right? Because I didn't really see those guys play ever. I, I'm glad you said, I agree. I, I feel the same way. So right. I, I'm not saying that Will Chamberlain and, and Russell weren't the best. I'm just saying from what I've seen, Shaquille O'Neal, the the next center comparable to Shaquille is Olajuwon, and I love. I would take Elijah just because I liked his game better yes. than Jack's game. Yes. Um, but to compare those two to those, first of all, like you said about Kobe, I, Kobe's game, I still think he's better than LeBron. I know people put him number three or whatever. I just think Kobe Bryant was more of a killer than LeBron James. So, but that's just my personal opinion. Um, so do you? So you agree that right away that they should be favored to win it all nah, right now? No, I don't. I agree. I, I don't. I don't. It's think, early, but the 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 NBA landscape is almost different now because you got teams just stacking rosters with free agent signings. Right. I mean, in reality, you look at the Sixers if they didn't get Butler and um, Tobias and Tobias. I mean, you look okay. Now they just have two, which really don't cut it in the NBA now. But 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 here's what I have a problem with, though. I'm glad you said that. What I have a problem with is why are we different than these other teams? Right. So. Okay, so your two superstars right now in L.A. are LeBron and KD, right? Your two superstars. You build around them. Well, everybody keeps saying the Sixers need another superstar. Why? Uh, why? We all know why, but we're afraid to say it. Our two superstars are Joel and Ben Simmons. But the problem is, the problem is Ben. I hate to say it, but the problem is always going to be Ben. Unless he changes his game a little bit. It's going to be hard for him to, you know, to be on the court with certain players because he commands the rock as a point guard, but he can't shoot like a point guard. So he's basically a non-factor on the offensive end. So when you bring a guy that I think that's why Tobias didn't fit as well. I think that's why Jimmy had a problem in the beginning until he started overtaking the games because it's like, wait a minute, you know, Ben is supposed to be running pick and rolls. Ben is supposed to be able to hit a 15-foot jump shot if he's playing a point, and he can't do any of that. So if you're an NBA team, the first thing you're going to do is you're going to say, oh, we don't have to worry about Ben. So now you're playing five against four, essentially. So listen, I'm not going to get this an argument about Ben because I like Ben, but I just hope that he realizes what he needs to do in order to be the player that he needs to be for this team because we should have two superstars we need to build around instead of worrying about bringing in other superstars to, you know, to make this team whole, right? Jimmy Butler brings us Jimmy Butler. What? happens with Jimmy Butler uh you know listen we're the only team that can offer him five and 190 it's it's a known fact but Jimmy is at the point in his career 
you know, he could take a four-year max or a five-year max. He said he deserves max money, right? But he didn't say, is that four years or five years, right? So we don't really know exactly what he's going to do. I mean, let, let me t- let's, let's face it. If Houston calls you up tomorrow, if Chris Paul gives you a call and says, listen, man, me and Hardy just hugged it out. We good. We're going to roll. Let's bring this threesome here. Yo, come on here, JB. We got no clay. We got no AD or, you know, no uh, KD in Golden State. Okay, we're, you know, Kawhi's going to leave. Okay, in the East, you know, maybe he comes out West. I don't know, but, yo, we can run this table. Jimmy got to think because they're probably going to be primed, you know, to be in that position more than the Sixers are, you know, if he leaves. So, listen, I I don't know what's going to happen with Jimmy. People are sold that Jimmy going to sign here. I'm not too sure, man. I'm not too sure. I, I could definitely see him going to a different team based on the Ben and the Joel Fett. I still think Jimmy wants to be Jimmy. And I think Jimmy wasn't himself all the time because he forced to be somebody he wasn't. And unfortunately, he's going to have to do that on his team if he wants to be here. So uh, it's going to be interesting. You think he signs here? I'm hoping. Uh, oh, I'm hoping too, but yeah. I, 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 I think, I, you know. I think, and this is just obviously hopeful, um, but I think Butler can be more of an influence and a table setter, if you will, and a leader on this team with these young guys. I agree. And I think he can leave his mark in the NBA better with this franchise. Obviously, I'm speaking as a homer, yep. wanting, wanting him to stay in Philadelphia. Sure, absolutely. Um, and I know, I know your issues with Ben Simmons, but I consider the same issues with both of those superstars. They both need to mature. Joel needs to condition himself and get his mindset right, and Ben needs to up his game. I think Butler's influence on the three on those two will make them. We the hope. Tough. Yes, if if he decides are they to stay. listening? I don't think he would want to play with a player like Harden. Uh, Jimmy Butler. It, I think this is what that's I see. Good point. And I'm again hopeful. Right. I don't want to play with a one way player. If I'm Jimmy Butler, he sees the work ethic of those two young guys. He knows that they work hard. There's no doubt about it that they try. Except on our shot. Well, that's <laughs> something maybe that this this veteran can help with. Hopefully. You know, dude, that's, Simmons that's the way spending I spending too it. much time with the Kardashians when he should be they shooting up. They broke up, dude. They I don't care. No now, he's, then he's, now he's shopping for Lamborghinis. Then, then he's sitting in a corner crying about it when he should be at the uh, foul line shooting the, ball. Shoot the, the ball. Shoot the ball. Shoot the ball. I agree. He's got to take a shot. No, he needs to be doing this now. I, listen, you're not gonna not gonna have to sell me on it. Jimmy I agree. But, Philly needs Jimmy Butler more than Jimmy Butler needs. Philly, yes, period. You're absolutely right. I agree with that. Because That's, let's think about this team, right? Say Jimmy doesn't sign, and Tobias doesn't sign. You're, you're just where, lost, where do we go? You just lost Shamit and the rest of the guys you got rid of. But you know what? Even if you even if you bring on a big free agent, you know it's going to take a year to mesh. Yes, because Simmons and Embiid are not. It's just not your prototypical situation you're walking into. So it's going to take time to figure it all out. Period. I, I mean, listen. The easiest thing here would be okay, Jimmy. We sign Jimmy. We sign Tobias. We bring back JJ in a bench role. Because he still needs to be, at this age of his career, he needs to be a bench player. Yep. You'll re-sign Mike Scott. you bring back Jace, uh, what do you call it, uh, Ennis, James Ennis on a two-year deal. Okay, he just declined because he wants more money. Okay, they have the mid-level exception. Okay, they'll be able to build a nice bench. But my thing is, is, is Tobias, is he really like, I, I don't think he fits. He's, he's expendable. And that's my issue. I don't think he fits. You know, I I, I see. I, I think all I'm going to say is I don't know this for a fact. Okay, obviously we're all two days away, uh, actually one day away from the NBA draft. I think Elton Brand has something up his sleeve. I do. Uh, you know, I keep hearing signing trades. I keep hearing signing trades. I would not doubt there's teams that are interested in Tobias Harris, but they can't afford Tobias Harris. So the next best thing is if Elton Brand isn't comfortable giving Tobias Harris that max contract, you know, he may be able to pull off a sign and trade, you know, for three for one deal. And if he could do something like that and sign Jimmy, I think we're better off. That's just my opinion. So we'll see what happens. Well, I'm but, hope, I'm there's going to be a lot of action. But I want Carson Edwards. That's I'm just telling you right now. 
the kid from Purdue. I want Carson Edwards. I don't care if he's 5'11". I could, I, I could care less. My man is a shooter. He's not afraid to put the ball up. He's not afraid. And that's what we need on desperately on this team. Okay? You, you Basically, you bring a guy in like Carson Edwards, and you're basically putting him in for T.J. McConnell. Okay? Because T.J. – listen, I love you, T.J., but there's a reason why T.J. didn't play in the playoffs. Because – He's T.J. McConnell, okay? So let's just – I respect what he's done, okay, because he's been undersized, okay, and he's limited offensively, and he's really worked his butt off to get to where he is. I mean, he's a, he's a great story. But at the end of the day, with the money he's going to command, he's going to do us no justice. If you're going to pay a guy like that, he needs to play. Not you – know, you can't be a guy you're afraid to put in a game, a game situation. So – you essentially get a guy like Carson Edwards, who now becomes your backup point guard, who's not afraid to shoot. That's a great deal. But here's the issue with this team. You can't spend money on everybody. Mm-hmm. So eventually, a guy like Zaire Smith is going to have to contribute in some kind of role. He can't not play. Shake Milton is going to have to play. Okay? Just like Cook played. Okay? Uh, you know, play Decent minutes for Golden State. And let me just tell you something real fast. I want to touch on this. Um, I know this is on our, our, our preview sheet when we talk about Golden State. Shout out to Andre Iguodala, okay? And I am not an Iguodala guy. I never was, uh, but I never questioned his work ethic and his effort. And, you know, I thought it was funny that people were questioning. I think me and you talked about Dave. I'm not sure. You know, they kept saying, is he a Hall of Famer? Is he a Hall of Famer? Um, I don't want to get in that, 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 that. I'm not going to get into that topic. But all I'm going to say is I watched him carry, carry a Steph Curry laden team in Golden State. I watched him play with so much confidence and so much poise. And that dude is unbelievable. And I don't think he gets enough respect. Okay. I, and I, I apologize. I don't think he got enough from me. But this man, from the defensive end to the offensive end to the bench, I mean, he was locking like 25, 28 minutes, okay? He was digging up everybody out there. He was killing Kawhi, okay? He was killing Kyle Lowry. I mean, he was he was giving them fits, and he was hitting threes. He, I mean, he was doing pick and roll. I mean, he was leading that charge for that team. I, I think it goes unnoticed. Yeah. I really do because we remember the Iguodala of, listen, Iguodala – he got max money. Why? Because he had. We had no other choice. Mm-hmm. He had to be the face of this franchise. Okay, when AI left, it, it yeah. is what it is, and he didn't live up to expectations. But was that fair? Did we we put him up on a pedestal? He wasn't ready to sit on. Right. Right. He found his niche. He found his role. And I, I just want to give a shout out because I think he played so so well. And that's the kind of importance you need as a six man on a team. Yeah. And that's something that the, that the Philadelphia 76ers greatly miss, especially if we're talking about going into a playoffs, yeah. a playoff series, right? So, uh, listen, Elton well, Brand's got a lot of work to do. He's a big reason why they won multiple championships out there. Big time. Andre Iguodala is, I mean. It's he, crazy. He, he's, done, he's done a really, really good job at, at knowing his role and understanding what his detail is supposed to be. And and he accomplished that. He accomplished that, and then some. I mean, he's given them more than what they expected from him. But he was, he's always been an all-round good basketball player. It's just that you know, uh, here we needed him to be, like you said, we needed him to be the next level, and yep. and and he wasn't able to do that. But he's still, I don't know, it's a phenomenal player. Man. Yeah, I mean, he he's he's he's, he's never a true two-way two-way yes. player. Yes, he is. I mean, keeps himself in phenomenal shape. Yeah. It always was. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so, listen, you know, shout out to Gold. And, and that, that, that brings you up to the Golden State point, right? You know, what do you do with KD? What do you do with Clay? Do you tank the year? I mean, l- l- essentially, you got you got Steph. Yeah. And, you know, Steph's thirty going to be 30 years old, right? Yeah. So, Maybe you ease Steph this year. You, you, you give him a lot of rest. Yeah, right. Build up his ankle strength again, right? Yeah. Give it, I mean, you know you're not going to win next year. Right. Get a decent draft pick. And then you come back strong with Clay and Steph and Draymond, you know, if yeah. you work out a deal to get him to stay. And yeah. I mean, listen, I, I, I think KD stays. I don't think he has a choice. Well, they should sign them both. Right? So, 
at the end of the day, uh, next year is up for grabs. And if the Sixers make the right moves, they could be in that talk. But they need to make the right moves. People need to want to come here. That's you. You need one guy to to step up and say, "I want to be a Sixer," and you never hear them in the mix. You just don't. You know, you see you see the Kawhi Leonard uh, picture, and you see in the background the logos of the Raptors, the Clippers, the oh, Lakers. Yeah. Yep. Um, who else did I see in there? I think the Rockets might have been in there. Rudy uh, Tomjanovich era. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm like. The Sixers are never in the mix of receiving one of these big-time guys. And it's disappointing. You know, I, I would think that they would see somebody like Joel and, and Ben and want to play with them, but maybe it goes along the lines of what you two were talking about and about, you know, well, they need to develop these things in order for people to want to come here. So we'll see. We never know, man. You never know. So I want to touch on something. Uh, get both God's opinion on this before we we roll out. And uh, hey, real fast, we got another. Uh, my man Jeff Ayatarola checks in, and again, check him out uh, on Instagram. Okay, Audio Assassin. He's the guy who made our our beat in the beginning, and our intro and outro. Man, he's sick. He's he's ripping the vinyl up. He stays true to his roots. So check him out. He checks in. Ricky Henderson, rookie, nineteen eighty tops. That that that's a good card. You remember? I remember that card. Vividly. So, Ricky Henderson, was that – hold on, don't tell me. His rookie card, did he get drafted by the Padres? Nah, that's Oakland. His rookie card was an Oakland A's card, though. He wasn't drafted. I don't know if he, he wasn't, wasn't listen, drafted by the Oakland uh, All I know is his rookie card wasn't, I don't think. Uh, wasn't an Oakland card. Maybe I'm wrong. Because I remember it. I didn't think he got drafted by the – I could be wrong. It was the one with the uh, – he, he's actually in – uh, he's standing at base. I'm pretty sure it's the one where he's got the face mile signature on the card, banner up top. Google that. Google that. Eighty tops, Ricky Henderson. I'm telling you. So while you're googling that, let me let me read you this. Okay, this this is from Kevin Arnavitz, ESPN writer. Okay, the headline is players aren't happy and why. Okay, we're talking about the NBA, and his his opinion. This is what he says: the NBA has been trying to figure out. Why its players aren't happier. One possible factor as we head into the draft. Incoming NBA players aren't afforded the most basic amenity of professional and personal happiness. A say in where you work and live. So, I think this is absolutely ridiculous. I don't know about you guys, but... So, now you're telling me that we should just go up to Zion. I mean, hey, Zion. Where would you like to play and live? Because we want to. We just want you to be happy. We just want you to be happy, right? <laughs> this is the most absurd thing I've ever heard before of in my life. Oh my god! So I mean, that would be great. Could you imagine on a normal day? You know, your career day. We're going through the classifieds. Like somebody just call me up and say, "Hey, Dave, where do you want to work, man? And what do you want to make? I want to make you happy. Where would you like to live? That's freaking fairy tale land. Yeah. I, I, I you know, listen. Electric company needs right. people in Oklahoma. Right. Hey, guys, you're going to Oklahoma or you have no job. I mean, I mean, well, that's basically the way it works. I mean, you're you're getting paid a, a, an extremely, insanely amount of money, okay, to do a sport. Now, obviously, that you work your butt off at, it's a craft. It is. But you're getting to do what you love. Isn't that enough? Yeah. I mean, I would love to be paid handsomely to do what I love. Okay, I think we all would. And just, you know, let me pick where I want to live. I mean, when when does the entitlement factor get out of hand? Because I think that's a problem with society today, especially with kids today. You know, everybody seems like they're entitled. They're entitled to everything. Okay, I work, you know, I work in a shop and I watch guys that have been there for 30 years and the guys that come in in their first year, they want to do what everybody does in 30 years. Dude, you're not entitled to do that. You need to work, dude. You put your time in. That's the way this thing goes. So I, I, I completely disagree with this piece, 100%. I don't even think it should have been written. I, yeah, I, I, listen. No player should be asked that question. I agree. Nobody. I agree. I, uh, John says, I agree. I agree. I agree. Ah, I agree. There ain't nothing else to be you said. Play, you play for San Antonio. They drafted you. That, yeah. that doesn't force you to live there. Right. You can go send you your family five, wherever you want. Right. You got five houses you're, wherever you're, you want. You're on the road from October through yeah. June. 
or you know what I mean, September through June, you get a few Listen, months off. This all started with Kobe Bryant and Eli Manning. That that that's that's they are the guys who who basically started this because Kobe. Remember, Kobe got drafted by the Charlotte Hornets. I'll give you John Elway. Uh, oh, really? So, John Elway was drafted by the Yankees first. Okay, and then the Colts. So, and he said no. See, and that's what I'm saying. So same thing. So you got Elway, you got Kobe, and uh, who else? I say, um, football player <laughs> Manning. I'm Manning. just kidding. So Manning? here's Eli Manning who says, "Listen, I'm not. I'm not playing in San Diego." Actually, his daddy said, it. "Well, yeah, Archie." And how about Lindros? And li- yo, I forgot about that. Lindros said, "Yo, I'm not playing here." And Ricky Henderson was dra- was a uh, a was and, a rookie. Yo, was that card right? Yeah, he's. I'm looking at it. Yeah, did, did I just did I describe it? Yeah, you did good. Like I said, you dude, did good. I'll teach you a few things. I'm, I'm listening. Yeah, <laughs> but listen, man, we're gonna have to roll out. We uh, we fill up an hour. Goes fast as always. Uh, listen, shout out to all our listeners and followers out there. Numbers roll in. Twenty three thousand downloads last month. So very proud of that. A lot of hard work goes into this show. Uh, we appreciate all the comments. And listen, the reviews keep coming. Please keep them coming. Ratings, reviews on iTunes. You can find us on Spreaker. You can find us on YouTube. Find us on Instagram. Find us on Twitter. For your host, Tony Jigsaw Cotillo at TCatillo23. John, PGH John, 36. And Coach Dixon at Coach. Oh, at Coach Dixon365. Dude, I was doing good for a while there. And then last week messed me up. So, remember? No. They had a coach shirt, remember? Yeah. Yeah, it messed me up. Yeah. Me. yeah, so. All right, everybody. See you next week. We out.